Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. Folks, I want you to know that today is the day that you're going to walk away with exciting, informative, life-changing, thrive-minded content yet again as we're delivering another power-packed episode of content that's going to help you thrive. And I'm so excited about today's show. I mean, there's some shows that I just look forward to, and I've been looking forward to this show for quite a while, and for good reason. You will find out that shortly. But if you're visiting our show for the very first time today, I want you to know that you've arrived at the right place at the right time for the right reasons. Now, what you do with it is up to you, but the content today will have that type of impact in your life if you embrace it. So thank you for being here today, enjoying your first ever hearing of the J. Mimi Talk Show. And if you are a returning listener, let me just thank you yet again for continuing to make this show the rock star show that it is. We are now embarking on a national syndication starting in February. We're going to have a chance to chat more about that next week. But that's exciting, and that's really uh, an attribute to the the word-of-mouth movement that began almost two years ago when this show launched in our flagship station here in Dallas on 570 KLIF. And that's one of the reasons why this show has done so well. So I have to thank all of you that have been our uh, our, our supporters and our ambassadors of goodwill who have shared the content, who have shared the episodes, who who have reached out to folks that you know and to let them know that, hey, there's some value happening on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. And again, today's going to be no different. So thank you for being uh, such a supportive uh, audience listening to the show. By the way, if you've not had a chance to check out my prior archives, we've got 80 episodes that are locked and loaded, ready to give you thrive-minded action-stoking, thought-provoking ways to get to the next level. And you can find those archives at my radio talk show website, djmamietalkshow.com. The archive episode section is where you'll find them. You can binge here all you want. They're fantastic episodes. In fact, I've heard from so many of you that you listen to them as you work out. And you know what? That sounds a lot like me. I listen to a number of podcasts and videos and and, and things that, that empower me and inspire me. I do that while I'm working out. So that's a good usage of time. So keep on listening and keep on working out. <laughs> and if you have a chance, please make sure that you connect with me on all of my platforms on Instagram, Twitter. You can find me at the handle at the J Mamie. Make sure that you hop on over to my Facebook page, the J Mamie. Follow and like me there. And of course, on LinkedIn, love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Uh, but we're going today to have a fantastic show. And let me share with you who's going to be on the show today. We've got on the show today, David Meltzer. Now, if you have not heard of David Meltzer, I don't know where you've been. I don't know if you've been hanging out, maybe somewhere under a rock. I don't know. But David Meltzer is not only the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and uh, formerly the served as CEO uh, to the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, but his mission is to empower over 1 billion people, and he's well on his way. He's a three-time international bestseller. He's a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and he's the host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. 
And he's going to be with us today to share his incredible wisdom. But right on the heels of David, we've got Brian Rolo. Brian Rolo is not only what I consider a progressive coach, uh, meaning he teaches about progress, but he's also involved in teaching corporations about leadership and, and how to facilitate progress in your environment. He's also a best-selling author, and he's going to be on the show today to share with us his wisdom on how to create the right environment and the right culture, not only in, in leadership, but in management, and then also where it boils down to in a personal experience. We're going to hear from Brian today. And listen, guys, it's tax season, and if you're a business owner, you, it's time to pay attention to what can happen to you in tax season. So we've got the famed tax attorney Mark Klecka, also a top-rated, nationally syndicated talk show host. Mark Klecka is going to be here to talk to us about what is happening in the world of taxes as it relates to the law and businesses and preparation and thriving in that area. So, folks, we've got a jam-packed show today. Three amazing guests are going to join us to bring value. I want you to hang on there because we're going to be right back after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Not everyone is pulled shards of another man's skull from the palm of their hand. Not everyone has stood over the bodies of friends whose lives were lost in an instant. Not everyone has struggled to face their own reflection for years on end. But anyone who has experienced trauma or adversity will resonate with Legion Rising. This is not simply a military memoir, it's a memoir of life, of tragedy, healing, and leadership. Through the heart-pounding stories of combat to the transparent and personal look into the process of healing, a message emerges, one that will inspire people across all walks of life. Legion Rising, Surviving Combat, and the Scars It Left Behind can be found on Amazon.com. This is Michael David from Seattle. I'm 51 years old, and six months ago, I started taking Andro 400 to increase my testosterone. Since then, I've lost 35 pounds of fat, and my waist went from size 38 to size 32. I have more energy, and I look and feel 20 years younger, and now my wife tells me I have to take Andro 400. Hi, this is Ron Johnson from Utah. After 10 weeks of taking Andro 400, I lost 13 pounds, and my waist went from 36 to 33. That was eight years ago. I continue to take Andro 400 and I've maintained my weight at 172. Gained muscle and energy. I'm 63 now and feel better than I have in 30 years. Andro 400, the natural way to increase testosterone, lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great. Try Andro 400, the safe, effective, affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now, I mentioned earlier we were going to kick off today's show with power and and really a whole lot of value and content coming from one, one and only David Melcher. David is not only the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, but he's also a three-time international best-selling author. He is one of the top 100 business coaches, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and the host of the Top Entrepreneur Podcast, the playbook. 
And his newest book hit number one, Game Time Decision Making. We're going to speak to him about that as well. But what most people don't know is that David was recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. We're excited to have David on the show. David, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, brother. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Dave, Dave we're going to dive into all the goodness that you've got to share, but I wanted to kick off the show with your your initiative to empower 1 billion people. You have an initiative to empower 1 billion people to be happy. Now, is that part of your global imprint that you hope to, to leave behind? And, and why is this so near and dear to you? Yeah, so number one, don't limit me. It's going to be over. <laughs> you got it. I'm very, very energetic in my purpose uh, of not uh, limiting me. In fact, I think the only thing that's going to die in my journey, my lifetime, will be limitations. Mm. Uh, and we put them on ourselves so often. Uh, but, yeah, it's very important to me what, uh, through my own journey of living in three different worlds that uh, are so pertinent today with so many people taking their own lives because mm. of anxiety, depression, and fear. Mm. So many people living in anxiety, depression, and fear, contemplating taking their own lives, and some people not contemplating taking their own lives, but maybe even contemplating taking other people's lives because of depression, anxiety, and fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my life, uh, there's three different worlds. One, a world of not enough. It was a world that I grew up in. It's a victim's world of not having enough. Why me? You know, and then moving uh, as I became a multimillionaire in my 20s to a world that, that I called just enough, which is much more perplexing than the world of not enough. The world of just enough is buying things to be happy, buying things you don't need to be happy, buying things to impress people you don't like to be happy. Mm. Um, And a lot of that uh, is attributed now today to social media and creating false idols, false objectives in our lives that create an unrealistic uh, uh, perception of happiness. And my objective is through teaching values, as well as daily practices, pragmatic things that you can do to help people make a lot of money, live in abundance, in a world of more than enough, not a zero-sum game. So when you're making a lot, nobody else is losing anything. You're Mm -hmm. adding to. Uh, It's a value-add game, not a zero-sum game, to help a lot of people, once again, adding value and, of course, having a lot of fun. And so that's why I worked within the context of the sports and entertainment world, I create content, uh, TV shows, movies, podcasts, books, speaking, coaching. All of these things uh, are motivated by empowering a thousand people like you, Jay, that have the ability to empower a thousand more people, to empower a thousand more people. And through this empowerment exponential chain of aggregation and compound interest, Mm -hmm. a thousand times thousands of million and a million times of thousands of billion, you and I together can create a collective consciousness of a bunch of abundant people, not living in a world of not enough as victims, not living in a world of just enough, buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like, but a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, a collective consciousness that will change the world. You know, I like when you mention collective consciousness because I think that today that is something that uh, if you're not careful with can go the other way. Isn't that true? Uh, you, you can have a collective consciousness of poverty, of negativity, of, of victimhood, and, and boy, that can grab a hold of the planet 
And, uh, and I think that what you're doing right now, and I, I love the duplication aspect that you're adding to it, uh, you know, a thousand to empower a thousand. That's awesome, brother. But I think that's the only remedy to the flip side of this collective consciousness that can go uh, so wrong so quickly. So I appreciate what you're doing. And, and that's, that's what caught my attention above all, David, when I, I, I listen to your podcast and I, I check your videos out on, uh, on, on Facebook stories. I mean, you're, you're all over the place. But this, this helping over a billion people to be happy is what resonated with me the most. But I, I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about confirmation biases. And, and in your observations, and you deal with thousands and, and thousands of people daily, and you have for a long time. What are your thoughts on, on confirmation biases that, that you find people, to, people continue to reinforce either for the better or for the worse? Well, the confirmation biases that I see are that we uh, are fooled by appreciating the similarities instead of appreciating the differences. We are looking for what other people want, what we're missing or what we don't want, instead of utilizing the mathematical equation of luck. If we pay attention to, focus in on, plus give intention to, which is an aggregate of what we think, say, do, believe, and even feel, and if we take what we pay attention to and add it to what we give intention to, it'll create the coincidences in our lives. It's the mm. mathematical equation of luck. And so many people in this confirmation bias are searching for what other people want. They're searching for what's missing, and they're searching for what they don't want. And when what other people want, what's missing, and what they don't want come into their lives, they get resentful, offended, anxious, frustrated, and depressed. They create separation between them and the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves them more than even their mom loves them. And I think that cornerstone of faith, non-religious, non-spiritual, non-philosophical, just simply believing there's something bigger than you mm -hmm. that loves you more than your mom loves you creates a different dynamic of abundance in your life. You know, I, I think that's a mic drop because I I. I preach that and teach that often. And one of the challenges is that if you don't really believe that there is a greater source of love that that wants the best for you, then you're always going to find the negative things that happen in your life and highlight that and use that as the crutch. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think another way to put what you teach people is that if you believe that there's something bigger than you that loves you more than your mom loves you, then you can believe that you already are happy, healthy, wealthy, mm -hmm. worthy. Now you just have to figure out what you're doing to interfere with it instead of going to get happy, going to get healthy, going to get wealthy, going to get worthy. We're not in search of something we already have. We're not in search of our why. We actually can apply our why to clear the interference between us and what we already are. Brilliant. And stop looking for the evidences of things that prove that you're no good and start realizing and acknowledging the evidences that you are good. I think that's a switch. That's a mental switch or perceptive switch that. that people need to go through. But I want to talk about entrepreneurism because you are an uber entrepreneur, right? Um, and, and the fact that success takes stamina, right? If you're going to be successful it's going to take stamina. What should an entrepreneur, in your in your wisdom and your experience, what should an entrepreneur be examining and asking of themselves to determine if they can go the distance? Well, I think there's five things. Mm -hmm. One, there's five questions that we have to ask every day. And the first is, what do I want? I think a lot of entrepreneurs 
are not looking at what they want personally, what they want experientially, what they want to give, and what they want to receive. And I think because they get misaligned with their own values of what they want, they create separation voids, anxieties, they create resistance, shortages in their lives that create complicated uh, business uh, situations. And so, um, you know, beyond that, the second question is, who can I help with what I want and who can help me? More importantly, Mm. they're afraid to ask for help. The third one is, how am I going to get this done? Productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. Activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for, and my sleep, which represents recovery and access, which is a third of our lives. The most challenging and frustrating thing in my life is that the majority of people on earth, they literally go to sleep every night to wake up more tired than they went to bed. That'd be like you and I going out to dinner and leaving dinner more hungry <laughs> than when we started. Does it make sense? So know nope. your what, your who, and your how then allows the most important question is what should I do now today by prioritizing what's important to us, knowing the what, the who, and the how, we know what's important, using urgency as a subset, we then can prioritize. Prioritization is the antidote to the biggest hurdle, obstacle, and void of entrepreneurs, which is called procrastination Mm -hmm. or the the feeling of being overwhelmed. If you are prioritizing correctly by what's important to you, the what, the who, and the how, you will never be overwhelmed and you always will have something to do. 100% of the things you do now get done. Passionate, purposeful, and profitable people get stuff done, especially entrepreneurs. And then finally, the fifth question to ask myself is how am I going to apply my why identifying those needs of the ego, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, all of those different things, worried, that resist what we already are. So if we ask ourselves, how am I going to apply my why today with the what, the who, the how, and the now, I will expand, grow, and accelerate. I will compound my good behavior, aggregate it into an exponential, accelerated growth that will allow me to evolve into a bigger, brighter company that makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people, and has a lot of fun. You know, uh, one of the things I appreciate about my guest, my uh, David, is that the mic drops, right? There's always a show where there's just ongoing mic drops that I can close out the show and say, we're done. This is it, guys. See you next week. <laughs> you just gave us the mic drops, brother. I mean, I could literally close out the show right now because what you just said there, man, is so full of goodness that I, I know our listeners are going to appreciate that, especially what you said towards the end. I want to capitalize on what you said towards the end. You said uh, my why, right? You've got to know your why, but the application of my why. And, and I know that you could know your why, but if your application and implementation is way off course, You'll be more frustrated because you're nowhere closer to the realization of your goals and dreams, not because you didn't have a why, but because your plan was way off course. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. What happens is if we delve into those ego-based consciousness, for example, how many of us have had an argument with the most important people in our lives, like our spouses, over the need to be right? Or how many of us have Mm -hmm. wasted the duplicative energy of being worried? You know, I tell a story about when I was in law school. I was so worried when I took estate planning that they would have the rules of perpetuity on my final. Guess what the first question on my final was? <laughs> the rules of perpetuity. And then I took the bar. I took the bar. Same exact thing. Here's the funny thing. 
when I was 50 years old, almost 30 years after I had graduated law school, I wanted to prove a point to myself without the resistance of worry. I wanted to see how long it would have taken me to learn the rules of perpetuity because I never learned it. I just wasted 15 to 30 hours worrying about it. So I was not only resisting it, but I manifested it to be on my test. Mm -hmm. It took me 15 minutes. And I, I wasn't even in law school. It took me 15 minutes to learn the rules of perpetuity without the resistance. So when we apply our why, instead of accelerating in the wrong direction with worry, anxiety, frustration, the need to be right, offended, or guilty, we simply stop, breathe, remind, remember, and recollect what we want, who we can help, who can help us, how to get it done, prioritizing what's important and applying our why. I love it. I love it. David, you said earlier on in our interview, you referred back to your childhood. And what I gleaned from that is that it was a difficult childhood. And I related to that because I grew up in Spanish Harlem, a place called the Barrio, New York City. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been uh, vacation there, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> right. So I grew up in Spanish Harlem, meager means, a product of adoption, me and my twin brother. And uh, we just didn't have much, the, the coolest clothes. We didn't have any of that. You know, we just got enough. My father worked four jobs, uh, you know, part-time, two full-time, two part-time. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, we, we didn't have anything. But, boy, that fueled in, in me and my brother this desire to to be somebody and to go somewhere and to break that chain of poverty and stop this generational uh, a curse of not being able to have more. That really instilled this fuel in me. Is that what drove you early on? to fight for who you are today. Absolutely. And I just had to re-engineer my relationship with money because I grew up with a single mom, six kids. She packed mm. my dinner paper bag just so I could eat, filling up turnstiles after she taught second grade at convenience stores with greeting cards. And the only time, and you'll appreciate this because you grew up poor, and I tell people all the time when I speak around the world, who here grew up poor? Half the audience raises their hand. I said, oh, I feel sorry for the rest of us because (laughs) uh, I can't teach you what I learned. What I learned was, man, was I happy as a kid. And the only time I wasn't happy is when the dishwasher broke, the car broke, or my mom couldn't afford summer camp or some sort of education that she wanted to give us. And I caught her crying. It broke my heart. And so, you know, understanding that drive. And what I tell everyone is, you know, I have one of the top podcasts in the world with millionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers. I ran the most notable sports agency in the world. And people ask me, what's the common denominator between all these people, all these billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers? And I simply tell them they have the desire that they must be what they can be. Mm -hmm. And that's what being poor taught me to have the desire that I must be what I can be. I had an added advantage to learn that desire that I must be what I can be, to be and enjoy, regardless what I have, the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of my own potential, not what other people want from me, what's missing or I don't want, simply my own potential, my own truth, built within an energetic and genetic inheritance of my higher self. And that has driven me since I was five years old and my dad left and I was raised by this wonderful, beautiful, single mom who taught me the desire that I must be what I can be. You know, I, I got to tell you something. I think that most folks who, who go through an experience like, like you and I have, uh, if they don't embrace that that really that, that wonderful experience, even though while you're going through, you're like, oh, man, this is rough. But when you look back, that's what molds us and shapes us today as hungry, 
beasts who were driven to do something special and leave that imprint when we're long gone. In our last minute here, David, I, you mentioned the folks that you, you've worked with, and you're, you're right, your podcast is number one, and you've got amazing people on here. But what's the one main principle or discipline that you want every business owner, CEO, startup, or thrive-minded entrepreneur to walk away with after reading your recent number one bestseller book, Game Time Decision-Making? You know, what I want people to know is the common denominator of happiness. There's only one common denominator of happiness, the ability to make money, help people, and have fun. No matter how tall you are, short you are, what religion, philosophy, or or beliefs you have, no matter, uh, you know, if you're sick or healthy or you're wealthy or, or poor, one common denominator I want you to take away, and believe it or not, it's gratitude. Gratitude is the common denominator of happiness. Gratitude is the common denominator of abundance. The ability to find the light, the love, and the lessons in everyone, every situation, and every experience, to find the light, the love, and the lessons, and determine, is it worth my time to continue to find it or to search for it? Because it exists in everything and everyone, but I live in a 24-hour man-made construct of time. Activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for, and my sleep. Activity I planned, activity I don't have planned, and my sleep. Through these lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, we can find the light, the love, and the lessons. We just have to determine through the what, the who, the how, and the now if it's worth our time to apply our why to it. And that's what I want people to learn. I am happy, by the way, to send any one of your listeners. Just email me, david at dmelter.com. Any one of your listeners can reach out to me. I will sign a book send it to them, pay for the shipping and the book. I will send the five daily questions, the five daily practices. I am of service and of value to try to empower people, to empower others, to be happy with these values and daily practices. Incredible, David. We appreciate that offer. We're going to also post that up on our website so that folks can track you down and pick up the book. You know, hey, listen, David, you've got me in your corner to reach that over a billion people. You can count on us at the J. Mimi Talk Show to help you do that. We're going to be catalysts for that. And you've got to promise me, brother, that when you get close to two billion, you'll come back on the show. <laughs> I'll come on before that. And I appreciate you empowering so many people yourselves. And please, everyone, remember, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. Share my content and do those deeds. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave, for being on the show. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. I believe that fear is the number one killer of success and personal achievement and is running rampant in our society today, which is paralyzing people from becoming everything that God created them to be. My name is Rich Cavanis. What I do is help people like you to rise above mediocrity, unlock your God-given power, and elevate your everyday living through a unique coaching process that links the Bible, science, psychology, and personal development together so you can become everything that God created you to be. Get my new book for free at powertothrive.net. Okay, I'm totally into this glow stick. I'm a 51-year-old who could never lose weight. But what if I told you one stick a day could melt the fat away? Well, I was shocked when I lost 9 pounds in 13 days and 2 inches off the waist on an all-natural plant. First time in history with clinically proven results for sleep and weight. 
Results may not be typical, but for me, I was super excited. I want to be your independent lease ambassador. Contact me for a free stick today at glowbylead.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. Stock show time, that is. Come find Jag Metals and look for our team. New faces and new places. Are you needing a new arena, a horse barn? What about a new shop or just a backyard building? Jag Metals LLC has it all. Let us be your one-stop shop for all your pre-engineered and weld-up metal building needs. From our panel, U-Panel, trim, red iron, I-beams, to roll-up doors and insulation, Jag Metals has you I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. News and information in the morning with Dave and Amy, Glenn Beck, The Dana Show, Ben Shapiro, Ernie Brown, Michael Knowles, The Chris Plant Show, Jim Bohannon, and Coast to Coast with George Nury. News and information for the DFW. 570 KLIF and 96.3 FM HD2. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now, we're going to have a great conversation with Brian Rollo from the Brian Rollo Consulting Group. I mentioned earlier on in the beginning of the show, what I like about Brian is He's a progress coach. And anybody who's coaching other people about progress, it's a big deal. But he's also a best-selling author. He's a trainer. He's a mindset and action kind of guy who teaches how to combine both of those for results. We're honored to have him on the show today because his topic is needed now more than ever. Brian, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. Super excited to be here. Brian, before we dive into the goodness of what you're going to share with the audience, let's take a step back first. And I'd like for you to help our listeners know a little bit more about you first. Would love to. So if we're going to look at the professional side of things, I worked in a corporate environment many, many years before leaving to start my own coaching and consulting company. And that's, as you said, what my focus is now is helping people through that vehicle. Uh, Personally, I live in upstate New York, where it's very cold now, Mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of extended family. And as a hobby, you know, we've talked about this. I'm a a little bit of an amateur runner and training for a a marathon to come up in the spring. So a little bit of what I'm doing outside of work right now. Listen, it is always good to have a fellow New Yorker on the show. <laughs> but, good to be here. Yes, sir. And I know it's cold up there, brother. I won't even tell you what the weather is out here in Dallas because I don't want to get you upset, but it's a lot warmer than where you're at, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll bet it is. You know, we learn to live with it up here. It's good in short doses. Good man. Good man. So let's dive into your subject matter 
expertism because I know that there is a lot of business owners out there, individuals also that are looking to get the kind of help and wisdom that you offer. But I want to go right forward and ask you, I know that the companies today's, uh, today's companies are, are being challenged that I know, but what would you say are the common challenges that companies and organizations are finding in uh, unlocking the, the, the hidden potential of their people? You know, that question, Jay, makes me just makes me think of a situation literally just happened to me a few days ago. A former employee of mine back in corporate reached out to me to let me know how she was doing now. She was an employee that, to be quite honest, a lot of my fellow leaders wanted to let go. Um, they didn't like the performance. They didn't see much of a future. And we just kept working together. And she was calling to tell me not only has she risen through the ranks in that company, she is now leading her own team. And so when you talk about seeing the hidden potential it's about yes looking at performance how that person is doing now is a great measure of the future but it also means looking at potential which is sometimes a bit more difficult to define and i think one of the reasons it's difficult to define is because companies don't necessarily create clear standards about what potential is. Mm -hmm. And if I say that word to you, you might have a different picture in your mind than I do. So if we've got leaders in a company that are looking for potential and interpret that differently, you can have a wide range of outcomes. So one of the challenges is really making sure you have clear standards about what potential is in your company and then having some place for that potential to go, a way for it to develop. Now, one of the challenges I know that companies have is also um, in their environment, right? Because sometimes the environment is not wired, it's not designed, it's not uh, uh, really conducive to have people showcase their hidden talents. It actually suppresses that, believe it or not. But in your observations and, and the, in the work that you do, what constitutes a healthy culture and a healthy work environment? Two things. One is internal leaders must be focused on the growth of the company, mm -hmm. at least as much, if not more, than the growth of their own self-interest for their own department or team. And that's one, because if I'm always just looking to make my team best, I might not want to let my people go. I might not want to really develop other skills. So that broader picture is necessary. And then Tactically, it's having a lot of conversations between leaders and team members where people feel safe telling each other some uncomfortable truths. And that doesn't happen nearly enough. You know, I, can't, I, I couldn't agree with you more. These days, uh, I think people are very, employees are very hesitant to share their experiences, uh, their truths, um, to really open up because of the backlash uh, that can that can occur not only from their fellow employees and fellow coworkers, but from management as well. And I think that creates a very toxic environment where that that potential for talent to be uh, to to give rise is always going to be stymied. I, I really believe that, and I hear that often. But where do you in that being that being said, where do you find then that leadership in these organizations in these companies? Where do they? fail in creating a healthy environment? Well, I see a couple of areas. And just to piggyback off your last comment, one thing that I think not enough leaders understand, and I found this to be true very early on, mm -hmm. and it was super surprising to me, most employees or most team members really just want a leader that will tell them the truth. Mm. 
right? Sometimes we, we think we need to hold back. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I can't tell them what I'm really thinking. But if you tell people the truth and treat them like an adult and tell them the truth with kindness, that's what most people want, and they don't get it nearly enough. And so that's one skill to develop. And then another really is just prioritizing time with your team members. You know, if you have a manager that treats his employees as less important than, for instance, a customer, eventually that message is sent and received. And uh, my philosophy as a manager, if they can choose between spending an hour with a customer or spending an hour with an employee who is going to create dozens of customer experiences today, your time is much better served in the latter situation. You know, that's a mic drop right there. I think that's absolutely true that if you are in leadership or management, if you are quicker to spend time with a customer than a colleague or someone that is under your supervision, then then your your understanding of, of growth and, and the right environment is warped. Uh, I mean, without that healthy operating person who is the one that supports your organization in the right frame of mind, you can kiss the customers goodbye. Isn't that true? Absolutely. And it's a little bit almost like, you know, um, spending versus investing, right? I can spend that hour helping a customer or I can invest it, (laughs) building the skills of someone else who's going to, you know, touch, like I said, dozens or maybe more than that customers today. And it's a way better use of my time to make that person feel more part of the team, uh, help them be more highly skilled. I love it. That is probably one of the golden nugget takeaways from this segment right here. For those that are in leadership and management uh, and or just are people in charge, supervising others, it's, it's, it's important to understand that. Invest in your people and the return that you're looking for with a customer base will be greater than you can handle. Beautiful. But let me talk and let me ask you, though, 40 percent of executives uh, in today's business environment, they fail. That's that's almost one out of two executives are failing in their current business environment. What's your take on why that is happening and why are those numbers so high? I would say two things off the bat. One is very simple. You know, it seems almost too simple. It's that they, they've never learned to lead people. Uh, the skills that re- one needs to become a high performer are entirely different than the skills one needs to create a team of high performers. That's right. Even sometimes the skills that enable someone to be a high performer can almost hinder creating of teams, especially when someone's very purpose driven, hit my own goals or else. Like it's hard to change that mindset to I'm going to put my own interests at the, on the back burner and help others. Um, And then the other part of that, and especially if we're looking at the CEO role specifically, through no fault of their own, eventually they stop hearing the truth. Mm. Other people are incentivized to present them with sanitized versions of the truth. And I've seen so many well-meaning CEOs who are really the last ones to know what's really going on with their culture on the front lines because they are not getting the full truth from their team members. You know, if you're not getting the full truth uh full truth from your team members, then you are flying blind, right? And, and if you're flying blind, you're probably making all sorts of uh, wrong decisions, uh, miscalculated decisions. And at the end of the day, that can cause for a lot of headache, a lot of stress. And I could see why half of them are failing in that type of environment. But what would you say are the signs? Now that, that, uh, that you have an executive that is nearing that place, and I'm sure there's tons of folks that are listening to the show right now who are in that world 
are resonating with what you're saying. What would be the signs, though, that that executive should begin to identify in themselves as they realize or maybe begin to acknowledge, hey, I, I need to pursue executive coaching? Funny, I just had this conversation yesterday with a client, Jay. It was so perfect. Mm. Um, she's been really successful. She has ascended to a high point on the org chart. But the problem is she's ascended to a high enough point on the org chart. She's run out of people to coach her. Mm. <laughs> That's what happens when you get to the top. You, mm-hmm. you run out of people to coach you. Mm-hmm. And as you move through the ranks, there's always somebody ahead. And she was fortunate to have good internal leaders who helped her progress. But then she ran out of people. <laughs> she got to the top. And so that's one sign, certainly. If you want coaching, you want some of that objective feedback and not people who are incentivized to give you a sanitized version, but somebody whose only job is to be the one person that tells you the truth because they don't care if you like it or not, basically. <laughs> right? That is, that is hard to find yep. when you're an executive. Um, and then the other type thing is that sometimes people come to me, if they don't choose that, and I get approached by a head of HR or a board member or sometime an exec themselves that says, I've been asked to find a coach because I'm struggling in area A or area B. And that works too. Uh, but I'd much rather work with the people before they get to that point. Would you say that if they don't address the early signs, those early indications that, uh, that they're starting to maybe near the edge of that failure point, that if they don't address that, that burnout is right around a corner? Absolutely. It can be unbelievably stressful mm-hmm. because, again, most of the people I talk to, Jay, they want to do a good job. Their heart is in the right place. They want to help their people. They want their team to succeed. And it can be really stressful when you see that not happening and you can't put your finger on why it is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the emotional pull of that itself is a whole separate topic. You know, the burnout. Um, the stress of having all of that weight on your shoulders and no one there really to help you with it. You know, one of the things that I wanted to, to address with you was a poll that I recently read. It was interesting. Uh, the, 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 it was a Gallup poll, and it revealed that 50% of adults, uh, they, they quit a job um, because they want to get away from their manager. <laughs> so 50% of adults quit their job because they think by leaving their manager, getting away from their manager, their lives are going to improve. Why is this a major wake-up call for managers right now? I love that stat, Jay. And actually, my guess is if we're, if we're thinking about the same poll, it's actually a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, if you were asked that same question right now, in the midst of our great resignation, that number is higher. Wow. Yeah. higher. And here's the truth that I found about that. Through my own observation, your culture is only as good as your manager's leadership skills. So you can have people who want to create a great culture, a head of HR, a CEO who wants to create a great culture. They do their best. But if you tolerate or accept unskilled managers who aren't good at leading people, the message never trickles down, so to speak. And most people's employment experience is influenced most by their direct manager. So it's almost to the point where I would say you're better off in a mediocre culture and a great manager than vice versa. It's that important. The flip side, there's never been a better time to be a company with a great culture driven by great managers. Wonderful. In our last minute, Brian, you wrote 
10 Habits of Influential Leaders. In our last minute here, what inspired you to write the book and what's the central message you want the reader to walk away with? Three things, Jay. Through my observation, uh, and a, a lot of years of doing this, there's only three ways to get someone to change their behavior. One, if I want Jay to change, I can beg and plead him and see if he does it or not. And if he doesn't, wonder what happens. Uh, I can try to force Jay to do it. You can do it or else. And I've seen a lot of both of those. <laughs> you know, I've seen mm-hmm. managers do both one and two. The third way is to try to positively influence someone uh, to change in a way that is going to benefit them and the people around them. And that's, that's the win-win for everybody. So I wrote the book to create more of those kinds of leaders who know how to influence their team members in a positive way that creates a better state for everyone. Wonderful. Brian Rollo, we appreciate you being on the show. I want to encourage our listeners to track you down at brianrollo.com. We're also going to put your information up at our website anyhow so they can track you down that way. Brian, your wisdom is amazing. We appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for being on the Jay Mimi Talk Show, brother. Thank you, Jay. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Are you a business owner who has legal issues or questions? Are you a business owner who does not want to hire a lawyer because of the cost? My name is Joe A. Garza, and I'm with the law firm of Grable, Martin & Fulton. I concentrate my practice on helping businesses solve their legal issues efficiently. I also help my clients reduce their legal risk to avoid costly legal conflicts. You can contact me at my email at jgarza at grablemartin.com or call me at 817-602-5815. Again, my name is Joe A. Garza. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery course get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want thrivesalesmastery.com i stay very active for my 40th birthday i ran a 50 mile race and to train for that i was running about 70 miles a week but over the years that's deteriorated to a point where even running a mile my knee would swell and the pain that i would have would sideline me for several days that's shane mosney's story that led him to qc kinetics i elected to choose a combination regenerative therapy that helps my knee regenerate to a point where I'm able to get out and start running again. But more importantly, I left there with a lot of hope. QC Kinetics natural biologic treatments boost your own body's ability to restore and repair damaged tissue with no drugs, no downtime, and no surgery. Those guys have given me back a part of my life that was deteriorating. I just ran my first 10K since my therapy, so I'm trying to pick a good half marathon to run. But my goal is to run another marathon, yes. Call QC Kinetics, 972 972- 972-8610. That's 972-972-8610. QC Kinetics, 972-8610. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Our final caller today is a federal tax attorney who assists companies in finding resolutions to the IRS tax problems. He's also the host of the nationally syndicated talk show, Taxing Times. Mark Klecka is a Houston-based tax attorney, loaded with information, full of wisdom, and the timing for his appearance on the show couldn't be any better as we're diving into tax season. Mark, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. 
Yes, thanks, Jay. Thanks for bringing me on today. Hey, it's our pleasure, and we're going to dive right into it, Mark. I, I want to ask you, how do you help people that are struggling with IRS tax problems? Well, I help them by identifying their problems and seeing what we can do and to structure a situation where we can help them. But uh, we have to find out first where they stand. Uh, you know, you just can't make a phone call and just determine what the course of action is going to be. We need to sit with you and either talk with you on the phone, uh, you know, discuss it with you, and develop a course of action, be it that you haven't filed tax returns in several years, you have balances due with the IRS, uh, what we can structure, what kind of a deal or structure we can do to help you resolve that problem. So that's what we do at Click a Tax Resolution. Now, one of the things I want you to clarify for our audience is you are a tax attorney, which is a difference, uh, is, it, is, is different from a tax preparer or, or an accountant. What's the difference so that our audience is clear? Right. Well, a tax attorney, we can represent people in like, for example, tax court. We can file petitions in tax court. You know, your tax preparer, CPA, enrolled agent person uh, may be well-versed in taxes, but they aren't able to go and represent you before the tax court or in federal, be it in, uh, federal district courts or in the courts. Also, your tax preparer uh, person, your, uh, maybe your person that does all your taxes and bookkeeping, when you are being in a tax situation or an audit situation, that they may have a potential conflict of interest mm. that they're not really able to, to uh, work with that on your behalf. Now, we utilize those people as our resource, and we put them uh, as a partner with us in your representation. But we actually do the representation, uh, handle the audits, and, and move up higher up the ladder into the uh, court system if need be. So a tax preparer who finds uh, they find themselves in trouble. Now, this is a tax preparer, right? Right. How do you help a tax preparer or an accountant who they themselves have had penalties assessed against them? Okay. Well, they're going, they've started this program about three or four years ago, assessing preparer penalties against your people that do the tax returns mm -hmm. for failure to keep their proper records and do what is called due diligence. And so we help those particular people. Number one, we can do and go into their practices even before they get audited. Uh, we can go in and examine their practice, go in and uh, do an evaluation and see where there might be some spots where they need to improve and so that they're not assessed penalties. But if they are assessed penalties, then we do the representation and uh, go to the appeals. And if necessary, it has to go to federal district court. They can't go to tax court. It has to go to federal district court. And uh, even worse, if they go to federal district court, they have to pay the penalties that they're assessed by the IRS in full before they can even uh, go there and claim for refund and go to federal district court. So it can get very serious for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, also we tell them that uh, the IRS can come in and do their evaluation of them unannounced. Mm. They don't have to do a prior announcement. So that even makes it more important to have a prior or doing a self-evaluation, and we go in and have done that for CPAs and tax preparers, and go in and evaluate their practice and look at their files and see whether or not that they're going to meet the criteria to avoid penalties. So that's what we can do for them as well. Now, as far as those that are beyond, uh, behind in filing taxes, let's say you have someone that's listening to the show right now, whether they're an individual or a business, and they say, you know, I've not done my taxes in several years. What can you do for them, and would they be in trouble for not filing? 
Well, number one, Jay, yes, we do help them. And what it is is sometimes it's better to be proactive with the IRS. If you know you haven't filed in several years and you put it off, a lot of people know they should have done these things, and there's a sense of shame and embarrassment. And so the first thing to get through is that, yes, we need to do this and you know, get it resolved with the uh, IRS and get right with the IRS. And so, you know, by doing so, that we show an effort to, you know, get with, right with the IRS and, and uh, get things on the proper filing status, you know, and filing year. So we go back and, and do those things to d demonstrate that we are wanting to come into compliance. Now, uh, alternatively, a lot of people say, well, I just won't be in compliance and we'll just wait for the IRS. Well, mm -hmm. there is a, in the statutes, for every year you have not filed, there is a penalty of one year in federal prison per year. Mm. And that sort of seems to get people's uh, <laughs> attention right. when they're talking about <laughs> sending them to prison. And people say, well, they don't do that. And I said, well, you might ask this man or, or guy named Al Capone who got sent to Alcatraz. What did he get sent there for? Oh, he didn't report and do his taxes. It wasn't because he was bootlegging or something else. And so it can happen. So if you thumb your nose at the IRS and are not going to, you know, comply, uh, they can bring the uh, criminal sanctions into play. That's interesting. Now, I, I'm going to ask you a question as if I'm a small business owner, because our audience mm -hmm. are uh, a lot of them are business, uh, small business owners. So here's a small right. business owner question. I have not sent in payroll tax payments for my employees uh, I, that I withheld. Am I in trouble? Absolutely. The IRS gets very angry about that because they consider that money, when you withhold it from your employees, at the second you make that payment to your employee, that money that you withheld from their check is the government's money. And if you go and use the government's money to pay, you know, your back rent or pay for supplies or pay for more, you know, cost, you know, inventory or whatever you have uh, and use their money to do that with, they consider that tantamount to stealing their money. Mm. And they really take a, a uh, there's a real sore point with that. And a lot of small businesses, they, they get struggled, they get in trouble. And, you know, they, hey, I have to, I have to keep my, my doors open. I got to pay my rent. You know, I, I got to do other things. And uh, the IRS isn't hanging around. I won't worry about that today. I'll worry about it tomorrow. And they get behind in that. And then a lot of small businesses, that they even, you know, fold, close their doors. And they say, well, we've declared bankruptcy and everything like that. Well, if you have not remitted these taxes to the IRS, it's called trust fund recovery. And if you don't pay it, bankruptcy will not discharge it. It's assessed against you personally, against you and or anybody else who is involved with who is considered to be, i.e., a responsible party. And that follows you personally. They can file personal liens. You know, you go get a job somewhere and you say, well, I didn't pay those taxes. That was my business. Well, no, it can be assessed and your new paycheck can be levied for those trust fund recovery penalties taxes. So, you know, the payroll taxes is a very sore point with the IRS if you don't pay those as small business owners. And so, you know, you really need to make sure that that happens because mm -hmm. you don't want to be held liable for it personally.
you and your and your spouse too. So you yeah. don't want that to happen. No, you don't. No, you don't. And this is why, uh, Mark, you're on the show. Mark, in our final minute here, you've got a killer nationally syndicated talk show called Taxing Times. You're one of these few guys that are a tax professional, but you've got a great personality. <laughs> and, well, you, and you make this show uh, entertaining. I've, I've heard your show. But but I'd like for you to share in our last minute here about your show. What can people expect to hear on it, and where can they find it? Okay. Well, where they can find it, if they're in, you know, if you're in the Dallas area or anything like that, we're syndicated right now in seven out of the ten major markets in the United States. But you can go to our website, klekalaw.com, K-L-E-C-K-A-L-A-W.com, klekalaw.com, and listen to prior podcast of shows uh, that we've done and put on the website so you can stay engaged with those. We usually rotate those out like once a month, but you can listen to that. So, you know, we produce these shows with the, uh, you know, the listener in mind. You know, we don't talk about, you know, a, you know, a lot of code sections and things like that. We're not talking shop talk or anything like that like we do with accountants. We're talking uh, common sense things that people can do, and we, we give them uh, specific rules and things that they need to do when dealing with the IRS and dealing with their taxes. So we uh, pride ourselves in really coming down to a common you know, language discussion of federal income tax and what's going on with the federal income tax system because it's always changing. It mm-hmm. just doesn't change when Congress mm-hmm. changes the law. IRS comes in every week and says, well, we're going to promulgate this new regulation and it's going to maybe affect you and your business. So we want to keep you on top of that. Mark, we appreciate you being on the show. The, the Your show is called Taxing Times. Mark Klecka, we're also going to have your information up on our website so that people can track you down because this is critical information and you don't want to get caught out there, especially with the IRS breathing on your back. Mark, we appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Jay. We'll be listening for everybody and have a great week. Folks, another fantastic week. As I promised on the Jay Mamie Talk Show, your hour of Thrive Time, Delivered Thrive. We'll see you next week.